This is a Salt Hill Media original podcast.
What's your name and why are you here today? Yeah, my name is uh, Danny. I, um, I'm here today because I'm here for Shane. Uh, Shane, we, you know, we're a fan of Shane since mid-80s. Um, absolutely adores music, his words. And um, we came down on a pilgrimage yesterday. A friend came over from Nottingham, Stevie, and a couple of other friends from Dublin. And that's it, really. We just came down for Shane. Did you know him in the 80s? Yeah, we met Shane a good few times. We used to work in Berlin, in the Irish pubs in Berlin, and many from the pubs came to Germany. Um, we uh, used to come into the Irish pub, so we got to know him. Um, and, you know, uh, just brilliant. Love the pubs, always have done. And I, we made a pact, actually, because uh, Shane is a hellraiser, that when he passed away, we'd make a pilgrimage and come and see him, you know? So that's why we came today. So. Fair play to you, Danny. Hello. How are you doing? At Oak Throne. Thanks for coming. And the first symbol is Gem Finer is bringing up peace and love. Because that's pretty obvious, right? <laughs> He's pretending to bring up peace and love. I suppose the symbolism of this is very obvious because it's a Pogues record. Um, but it's one of the ones that Shane actually customized. If you show the audience there, turn it around so they can see. He customized it. Oh, sorry, it's Hell Stitch. <laughs> um, and the next symbol, <laughs> the next symbol is Led Zeppelin II. Shane used to listen to a lot and we got him for Christmas for his last birthday and I've never seen him so happy with a present ever. Uh, and the next symbol is a Tipperary flag and again I'd say the symbolism is quite obvious. And that, that's Brian Kenny. We have Tom Cray with the Hurley, and again, I'd say that's fairly obvious, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got uh, Owen Clark with the Crook of Gold book, which is the book of Shane's art and lyrics. Beautiful, and we have Vanessa Clark with the Buddha, because Shane was a lover of all religions, and particularly Buddhism. Is that the first time they've held up a Buddha in a Catholic church? And, and now we have Spider Stacy with the tray that Shane used to bit spider bashed on his head in po during a pose gig. Jerry O'Boyle and he's got a DVD and I think it's probably The Godfather, is it? Yeah. Uh, Shane was a great lover of film. He was pretty obsessed with film. Spent a lot of time watching films. And 
then we've got a Shannon Rovers jersey, which is Lisa, Lisa Moldo, and um, obviously Shane supported Shannon Rovers. Um, and now we have um, Zakiti with a JP Dunleavy's Ireland. Uh, Shane was a massive fan of JP Dunleavy and JP was a great friend, really great friend, and obviously Shane was very much into literature. And now we have Liz with Finnegan's Wake, another of Shane's favourites. Scanlon with Flann O'Brien and I can't remember which book it is. Um, is it The Poor Mouth? It probably is The Poor Mouth. On Bail Box. And we got Alex Daly Clark with a packet of tea because Shane had a cup of tea maybe 50 times a day during his life. Loved the tea. We have Brendan Fitzpatrick, a very good friend of Shane's, with a copy of Johnny Depp's record, which he autographed for us. And it was uh, Shane was a massive fan of Johnny, or friend of Johnny, but also a big fan of your guitar, weird guitar noises. The weird guitar noises. And we have Marion McCone with the Madonna, because Shane was. Uh, also very dedicated to Our Lady and he had a small statue of Our Lady on his hospital tray which he, he if anyone tried to to obscure it by putting anything in front of it he'd always say you're blocking the Madonna you're blocking the Madonna uh, we have Molly Bracken with our wedding photograph uh, so we got married in 2018 and it was a beautiful wedding, and I think nearly everyone who is there is now here, which is great. Um, now we've got Rosa Simmons with a Bowron. So Shane used to play the Bowron in the Pogues, I'm not sure if all of you knew that, but he loved playing the Bowron, and he was very sad to give it up. Lastly, Anna Mae Simmons with a keyboard, Casio, which Shane used to use to, play, to write music on. He actually wrote Summer in Siam on this particular Casio. And I want to add a particular extra item to the list, which is Siobhan McGowan's book, The Graces, which Shane was incredibly proud of his sister Siobhan and her achievement. And he was just very proud of her writing to to uh, pay respects to possibly one of the best lyricists of all time. So you'll never 
such a way you came from Limerick this morning? I actually came from Mullingar this morning uh, via Dublin yesterday and uh, travelling back from Mullingar to Limerick. I took the road as the crow flies and I said I'm very near Nina and this is a good time to pull in and uh, just to capture, you know, kind of the feeling around the place and uh, I've travelled through Nina many times and it's kind of like one of those times where you're either coming and going from the old Limerick Dublin Road it was a kind of a, a lovely a lovely vibe in the town with the music playing and even though it's pretty dark weather wise uh, it didn't dampen the spirits and it was testament as well to the man wasn't it nothing really dampened his spirits so I think that's that's the draw, no matter what. Favourite Pogue song? Favourite Pogue song. Right now, in your head. Oh, uh, Rainy Night in Soho. Can't argue with that. Rainy Day of Nina. <laughs> <laughs> Wanna be haunted by the ghost Wanna be haunted by 
Shane Kelly and in the mid 90s I toured with Shane McGowan in a different band I was the support band for the Popes and Shane and we toured around the UK and Ireland and we had some good fun together What was the name of your band? The band at the time was called Solomon who were an Irish indie rock band and we toured together so it was good fun Tell us some stories We'll, we'll walk and talk <laughs> Tell us some stories on the tour um, Well Shane was always extremely good to us um, very generous with his time and advice and we had a lot of time together and he was just such a nice person very very generous kind any funny stories nothing i can talk about without a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite song right now in your head of the pogues oh rainy night in soho streams of whiskey there's so many so many so many did you tour with him up in belfast we played the limelight in belfast yeah Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day when it was a really small pub. It's really big now. Do you still play? Yeah, yeah. What's the name of your band or what? where can we find you? Pale Blue Moon. You'll find us everywhere. So, God, it's cold. Isn't it? Jeez. But at least we have the dry patch.
And I've cried for all your troubles Smiled at your funny little ways We watched our friends grow up together And we saw them as they fell Some of them fell into heaven And some of them fell into hell I took shelter from a shower And I stepped into your arms On a rainy night in Soho The wind was whispering all its charm And I sang you all my sorrows You told me all your joy Whatever happened to that old song To all those little girls and is over We'll never find out what it means Still there's a light I hold before me And you're the measure of my dreams The measure of
My name's Norman. I'm here today to pay my respects to Shane and to the artistry and the music that he's brought in my life and you know, the way he's made me feel over the years. Where are you from? I'm from Minnesota originally, but I live in Spain, in the south of Spain. And did you come here just for this or what? No, I have happened to be here in town and visiting family and friends and it just was uh, serendipity, I guess, and I'm here to, like I said, pay my respects and, you know, enjoy in the moment. Favorite Pogue song right now? That's hard to say. There's so many. But as an American, I would say today uh, the body of American would be fitting. But, you know, that's only because I'm a gringo. <laughs> Who are you and why are you here? Uh, my name is Jared. I'm here because I'm a lifelong Pogues fan. I just want to pay respects. Where are you from? From Limerick. Limerick. So you drove up from Limerick? We just drove from Limerick, yeah, it's not far, it's 20 miles, 20, 24, 25 miles. Did you ever see Shane perform? Oh, many times, many times. Actually, I saw him famously in the Tonton Country Club in St. Patrick's Day in 1988, and um, probably still the best gig I've ever seen. What was so good about it? Oh, it's just the rock, it's the energy, it's just hard to describe really, you know? And uh, as a, maybe at the time, an, an, an Irish immigrant in London, it just was just a uniting moment, really. Yeah. Did you ever meet him? No, never met him. Never met him. No. But you felt moved enough to come. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever want to meet him either. You know, it's like, it's like, don't ever meet your heroes. Like that usually disappoint you. You know, but maybe not. Maybe in Shane's case, maybe not. So, I would, no, I never met him. Favorite Pogue song? Uh, we were talking about this today. Yeah, there's, there's, there's many. It depends on my mood, really. You know, but um, it's, it's hard to go beyond rainy night and so, or sometimes. Um, sick better could call in other times it's transmetropolitan so many you know, it's, it's, the, the Catholic is so rich it's hard to pick one it really is I'm turning to you now my first female on the podcast today so your name and uh, where you're from and why you're here my name is Sarah Moore and I live in Limerick I'm originally from Dublin and what did you whenever you're, I, I suppose you're with Jer and did whenever Jer said I want to go to this did you say reluctantly okay or did you say let's go no I was um, I've been a Pogues fan for as long as I can remember or for as long as they've existed and um, I just think that I'm, I'm actually find it incredibly moving that so many people came and there was a huge amount of respect it wasn't people weren't didn't come here to um, to spot celebrities or to you know um, draw attention to themselves they came as the boys were saying to show respect to somebody who's made a huge difference in their lives and who spoke to them and who you know I thought the priests words were amazing like the dreamers and the players and the believers and you know um, one of the things that really marked his life out was that he um, he was an advocate for the marginalised and the lost and the people who had been on dangerous journeys to try to survive and um, he gave people esteem at a t and dignity at a time when I think uh, that was at a premium you know and I think people recognise that I think the depth of his contribution to the world is only just suddenly now being fully appreciated and um, the footprint that he's left is quite astonishing I think You speak so well You do really really and um favourite Pogue song? Um, it's pro 
It's probably a lot of people's favourite, but I just adore Rainy Night in Soho. I think it's the best love song ever written. And um, there's a line in it that we were just talking about this this morning that it, there's a particular line in it. It's like it's Shakespearean. It's like, why did nobody think of saying this to someone they loved before when he says, You're the measure of my dreams? It's the most beautiful thing you can say about anybody. And now we all say it to each other, and it's because of him. That song is three chords C, F, and G. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly and simple. Perfectly simple. And it's the lyrics that carry it, that make it, you know, so ever evolving. Oh, completely. And the, the thing about his lyrics is they're really simple. He rarely uses words of more than two syllables and he puts them together in the, the most simple and specific ways um, that just seem to be, you know, there's nothing kind of condescending or grandiose about anything he wrote. It just always reaches into people's hearts and, um, and he'll be with everyone forever, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. They say... I, I loved Laurie Anderson whenever she was talking about Lou Reed and say it was she was honouring him at the Hall of Fame and she says you die three times. Number one is whenever your heart stops. Number two is whenever you're put in the ground. And number three is whenever your name is spoken the last time. I think he's going to be around for a long time. Yeah, I think he is. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and I think it's true. Yeah, uh, he'll be on everyone's mind. I mean, I, I don't think I, somebody like him, he's never going to die. Death is not the end. Yeah, James <laughs> Joyce and Oscar yeah. Wilde all the way. Yeah. yeah, completely. Thank you for your time. Okay, Thanks a cheers. Thanks An old folk song that Shane loved.
Well, my name's JJ Griffin. I'm from Kerry. I came up because I always follow his music and always watched him and I always read the tabloids of what he was at and what he was up to. And, you know, he was always good crack. Like, he filled loads of papers, like, and he was a great man for, you know, publicity, even though he says he didn't want publicity. And that was really, like, and I admire him as an artist, really. Did yeah, you yeah. come from Kerry today? Yes, I came from Kerry just to see this, yes. yes. So I did. And this is my cousin. He came from this door with me for the drive. Where did you come from? I came from Listowel. Damien O'Carroll is my name. And why did you why did you think it was so important to be here today? I think it was, Shane was an inspiration for Irish people. It's a wonderful role model for us to show us what we can aspire to in life. And he wrote some fantastic songs, which I'd appreciate forever. We're hearing one of them here. Did you ever meet him? I did actually, yes. Where, what's your name? Paul. Where did you meet him? Nina. I live in Nina here. Oh, right. Well, and where did you meet him? Well, I met him. Uh, well, I met him in a pub one night, actually. And um, how was that? That it was good. You know, he was very, very intelligent human being, and he was brilliant, really. You know, speaking to him, he was highly intelligent, and I would have thought, well, my own thing was. With the music he's left behind, it's going to it's going to help everybody to get over a lot of things because he was good. Yeah, he contributed a lot. He did indeed. Yeah.
think Shane would have enjoyed that, actually. He would, uh, that's some, that's some, uh, send off my brother. So, thank you. So firstly, I want to welcome all of you, and I thank Anukteran, the President of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins, for coming to honour and celebrate Shane's life with our family, friends, and people who loved Shane's songs and music. It's lovely and very fitting to see you gathered in this church, as this is where our mother attended Mass every Sunday, and where Shane would accompany her when he was home. I want to thank Father Pat Gilbert, and Father Lorcan Kelly, and the other priests that officiated actually, because there's more than I was aware of, uh, but also to thank Father Brendan Maloney, who came especially to officiate at this Mass today, just as he officiated with such grace at our mother's funeral in the Civil Mines Parish. I also want to thank everyone who played their part in this ceremony, and Glenn Hansard for organising the artists and musicians who sang and played so beautifully. And Padaro Rieda and the stunning Kule Choir. And uh, Sean O'Shea, who Shane was a huge fan of. And I see that Finbar Fury snuck in and Shane adored and idolised Finbar Fury. <laughs> and to Olin Clark, who took on the mammoth task of arranging this farewell for Shane, along with his team. There were some wonderful professionals amongst them, but many were Shane's good and loyal friends who worked as tirelessly for him in his passing as they had for him in life. Shane spent the last six months of his life in hospital, but even during that time, unsurprisingly, there was hardly a dull moment. In fact, the many friends who visited him and joined Victoria and myself and the wider family meant he rarely spent a moment alone. We must give special mention to Tom Cray. <laughs> and Brian Cork Adden. Who stayed steadfastly by his side, Tom sleeping in a chair by his bed at night, watching him while he slept. Special thanks also to his home carers and friends, Liz Flood and Zakiti Dlamini. Who continue to provide him with such loving care in the hospital for which we are so thankful. Shane held court there as usual, issuing orders from his hospital bed, which included the fetching of copious amounts of tea with exact amounts of milk and exact stirring to be lined up before him. We wish to thank the doctors and nurses at St. Vincent's University Hospital 
for taking such good care of him and always ensuring his comfort, which allowed us to share laughter and loving moments with him to the end. We will be eternally grateful to you. It was at... I'm just going to take a sip because my mouth will be dry. It was at another hospital that my brother took his first breaths on Christmas Day 1957 at Pembury Hospital near Tunbridge Wells in Kent where my Tipperary-born mother Therese and Dubliner father Morris had emigrated to choosing the town of Tunbridge Wells as my father's sister Sybil Harriman was already living there. The hospital is excellent today, but on that Christmas Eve, my mother was less than impressed as the nurses were having a hoolie as she went into labor and ignored her shouts for attention. However, all ended and thus began well, and Shane being delivered safely, his photograph as Christmas baby was displayed on the hospital wall and so began his life as a pin-up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I came along five years later, and the family home remained in Kent until Shane was 13 years old. I have many happy memories of those days. It is well known that Dad and Shane constantly read Irish literature together and discussed it avidly, and that our mother, also a voracious reader, passed on to him her own volumes of Hardy and Dickens, which he also devoured. I had early warning that my brother was somewhat precocious. Both Shane and I wrote and drew constantly. I was six years old, squatted down before the television and feverishly colouring in a tree I had just drawn. I had made the bark blue and I was in the process of colouring the leaves pink when the 11-year-old Shane peered over my shoulder to see what I had drawn. No, he said kindly. The bark should be brown and the leaves green. Then suddenly, as if struck by a revelation, he said, Oh no, it's okay, you're a surrealist. <laughs> he did. <clears throat> and when I asked him what this meant, he looked at my six-year-old self with some disdain. It was in that house that after one of us had committed a crime, Mum in a fluster would shout, Shavon, Shivain, as we hid from her wrath upstairs, looking at each other in confusion, pointing accusedly at one another. It was here that we ate Rice Krispie cake and intently watched Doctor Who, each of us having a toy Dalek, which we would roll over the floor, crying, Exterminate. <laughs> it was a word that seemed to roll quite naturally off Shane's tongue. Here we ran resplendent in Batman in Robin suits. No prizes for guessing who was Batman. Here too, both at our house and theirs, we enjoyed many sing-songs and parties with our cousins the Harrimans here today. And where we lived when Shane at 13 won the Daily Mirror Literary Prize. It was also here that when Jimi Hendrix died, Shane spent the entire, entire day lying on his bed in silence, face to the wall. The seeds were firmly planted, his love of literature and love of music. 
But Shane's veins ran with Irish blood, and it was in Tipperary, our mother's childhood home, that Shane reunited with the land he loved, found his spiritual home. Here in a small cottage, heaving with 12 or more great aunts and uncles, but somehow never feeling cramped, he listened to their stories, sang with them songs, sat by the fire as Auntie Ellen swang the concertina. It was a holy place that threw unholy hoolies, and a neighbor often said of it, there'd be sparks flying from the floor. It was here that our mother honed her beautiful singing voice, and Shane's adored Uncle Sean had hailed from, as well as his cattle cousins. Shane absorbed the magical mayhem of this place, and along with the musical talents of his mother, the literary leanings of his father, and their enduring love for their son, it would be the greatest influence on his life. Here in Tipperary, he did not ignore his brotherly duties. Out in the fields, he would look for freshly laid cow pats and force my face into them, <laughs> picking up the harder ones to hurl at me. While gathering the hay with the men at our auntie Monica's nearby farm, he took umbrage at his annoying little sister coming with a caddy of tea and pancakes and lifted me to toss me into the hole in the cone-shaped hay where I shouted for help until one of my uncles came to rescue me. But he did also try to protect me. When I was tiny, to my shame, I was tossing small stones at a poor cock turkey in the yard and unsurprisingly the turkey retaliated. It started to chase me, spreading its wings and I being tiny, it seemed like a creature from Jurassic Park. Shane raced to alert Uncle John, who came and aimed fire with his gun, felling the turkey. So my bro brother rescued me from certain death, or perhaps he hoped Uncle John's aim might be poor. <laughs> it was here too that when we were called for the rosary each evening, we would hide behind a nearby field stone wall. It was this stone wall with the gap in it that became immortalized in the song Broad Majestic Shannon. I sat for a while by the gap in the wall, found a rusty tin can and an old hurly ball, heard the cards being dealt and the rosary called. When Shane was 13, we moved to London and lived in the still under construction Barbican. Here, Shane's love and obsession with music came to the fore. In his room, replete with psychedelic green light and Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Jimi Hendrix and Rolling Stones posters, he would sit at his table and earnestly study his music magazines, Sounds, Melody Maker and Enemy. They became his Bible. A napalm bomb of music would blast from his room and when he went out, I would sneak into that mysterious and hallowed den and spin a record from his now huge collection of vinyl and dance under the green light. We had moved to Wells Street just off Oxford Street when punk broke. This was to be a transformative time, a milestone in his life. The energy of anarchy spoke to Shane, and in a flash his hippie sensibility was gone. In fact, I remember taking a photograph of Shane in 1976 with his long hair out on the summer street holding a niggy pop record. When I next looked around, his hair was hacked off and bleached a shocking white, and Shane O'Hooligan, 
who would pen the fanzine bondage, give the jam their first review, and form the nips with Sharon Bradley was born. The nips attracted attention and released records produced by fan Paul Weller, but it was to be when Shane fused his punk energy with his love of Irish music that the road became clear before him. In 1982, Pogue Mahone, consisting of Shane, Spider Stacy, Jem Finer and James Fernley was born. I witnessed their early ramshackle gigs and drew their just look them straight in the eye and say Pogue Mahone posters. They played now iconic London venues like the Hope and Anchor and Bull and Gate and underground clubs with their friends, the Shillelagh Sisters, Boothill Foot Tappers and the men they couldn't hang. As the band started to grow in number, they rehearsed at their friend Rick Traverne's King Cross flat while I ate bread and marmite in the small kitchen, listening to the crashing and banging coming from the back room. From heaving sweaty gigs, the stomping ever-growing crowds hoisted them from obscurity and sent them hurtling onto hallowed stages like the Dominion in Tottenham Court Road, where an ecstatic audience invaded the stage. This manic live following brought the band to the attention of Stiff Records and they released their first album, Red Roses for Me, as the Pogues in October 1984. After the Dominion, the second sign that my brother was onto something was when the band supported Elvis Costello at the Brixton Academy and I heard the crowd calling out Shane's name. And so the journey began. I'm just going to take another sip for this last bit. Thank you. <clears throat> I'm not going to list the body of work that is so well known and respected, or the many achievements and accolades bestowed on both Shane and the band. Only one. And this is for you, President. In January 2018, at his 60th birthday celebration in the National Concert Hall in Dublin, Shane received a Lifetime Achievement Award for his outstanding contribution to Irish life, music and culture from Onuktaran, the President of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins. And... And he cried. He probably cried because our beloved mother, who had died just one year before, was not there to see this moment, although somehow we both knew she was. But he probably also cried because to receive that award from the President of Ireland meant more than any other. I remember him as a little boy a bit gangly, in a blue anorak, who whenever we came home to tip would rush to retrieve a cap from one of our uncles. Proudly he would twist it onto his head and run out into the fields. At sunset he'd sit down by the fire and listen to the songs and old stories. And those long summer days and nights, that love and devotion to Tipperary and Ireland gave birth to a dream. He dreamed of one day being the teller of stories, the singer of the songs. 
He dreamed of following in the footsteps of those great Irish lyricists and musicians he so admired. He dreamed of continuing this proud tradition. He dreamed that one day he might add his name to those he had gone before him. And so when the president put that award in his hands, he knew he had achieved that dream. So Shane, you did what you dreamed. You did what you said you were going to do in those long ago days in Tipperary. And you did it with such heart and fire, a fire that is not dimmed by death. For you have lit that fire and it burns now in Ireland and all over the world. And so Shane, with words from dad and I, your little sister and your father, we are so proud of you so very proud of you, our darling. And I whisper farewell to you, but only for now, in your own words. And as the sunset came to meet the evening on the hill, I told you I'd always love you. I always did. I always will. And before our final commendation now, we have another piece of music. And so I call on Jem, Terry, Spider, James for the parting glass. Uh, just before we start this, um, I have a note from Andrew Rankin, the, the Pogues drummer, in case for those of you who don't know. Um, Andrew's very ill with COPD and couldn't travel today, but he did ask me if I could read this, so I ask your indulgence. Just a, a note to Shane and a sh very short poem. Thank you, Shane. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you for the conversation. Thank you for the insights. Thank you for the laughter, at times side-splitting hilarity. Thank you for the craftsmanship. Thank you for the poetry. Thank you for the soul, and thank you for the jazz. And thank you, Shane, above all, for those brilliant, timeless, shining songs. We also shared a deep, a deep appreciation and love of nature, hence a short poem, The Swift. The joyous peal of speeding swifts, dark flecks of airborne ecstasy, and suddenly they're gone. Rest in peace, Shane, with love from Andrew. Me. And I've done for one. 
of
So my name is Mary Ann Keane. I'm from Lixna in County Kerry. And I'm here with my friend Mary O'Connor from Beaufort in County Kerry. And we both came up because we wanted to honour the life of Shane McGowan and his influence on us when we were teenagers. I suppose he was the fabric of our misspent <laughs> teenage years in Kerry. So it was just to honour him. 
um, to honour his father and his mother as well. You know, like I was kind of hoping to shake hands with his father. Um, but yeah, that's that's the reason why we're here. Um, this is Mary, my friend. Hi. Hi. And did you both drive up from Kerry this morning? Yes, we did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how long did that take you? About two and a half hours. Yeah. And you got a seat inside? Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, just at the door where he came in. So we happened to sit in the row just in front of the side door. We didn't realise he'd be brought in that way. So we were, you know, kind of prime location for that part of us, yeah. Um, what was it like to, because, you know, I was standing outside for the last, whatever, three and a half hours. It was very cold. What's it like to have been inside and uh, to experience it? Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. In, in what way? I think it was, um, I suppose we felt we, we, we belonged there or something. You know, it's hard to explain, really. You know, we were part of it. We were it was all the people. It was yeah. all the people, so it's mm-hmm. important that the people were there. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What part did you enjoy the most? And, you know, it is a celebration of a life, so what part of the service did you enjoy the most? I think the music brought us back, you know, to when we were 18, 19. I just thought it was raw, kind of, you know, mm. yeah, just bad. What about yourself? Yeah, definitely the music. I think, actually, the music, when they were rehearsing before um, before the funeral started, that sense of everybody was here together, that sense of anticipation. Um, and there was real kind of community, just bonding kind of feeling. It's hard to describe, actually. It's hard to describe, but we're so glad we came up here. Yeah. What was your favourite song of the service? Of the service, well, it was actually, I wasn't actually sang at the service, but the Sick Begged of Cullen would have been one of my favourites. Oh, it wasn't played today? No, you just enjoy that played. the most of the poems? Yeah. Yeah. We were just going to play it now. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at my YouTube video. Yeah, this, it's yeah. a great song, it's an amazing. I, no, I stick, uh, stick my head. Of, and we'll have another round. And, yeah. and, but it's also a line. I threw a button in the plate and spewed up, in the, spewed up in the church. And here we are. <laughs> in yeah. the church at his funeral, yeah. And it's, it's like, interesting because when the Pogues were on the Late Late Show, I don't know, did you see that? I think it was their first appearance. They sang that song and Gay Byrne wasn't that impressed. Roll on another couple of years and he was on with them. The Dubliners singing the Irish Rover. I saw that. And completely, completely different field, you know, kind of so at the start a lot of people didn't really get their music or thought, you know, like he was too bawdy or too, you know, but like gradually I think people realised the poet in him and the beautiful music in him, yeah. I liked them before they teamed up with the Dubliners and then whenever mm. they teamed up with the Dubliners the Dubliners gave them a credibility that they never had before that. With the older generation, my father's generation and, and Gay Byrne and so on, I felt that definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It was kind of like they were kind of rubber stamped mm. because they had joined the, the Dubliners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but mixed well, very well, mixed very well. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, thanks very much for your time and You're safe good. driving tonight. Slayer, right, so we had so many of the barrels of 
million pairs of I'm Niall Stokes and I'm the editor of Hot Press magazine uh, and I'm here because uh, we are celebrating uh, the life and the work of Shane McGowan who was one of the greatest uh, songwriters in the history of music in Ireland. Tell me about his most important records for you. The Pogues made 
two absolute classic albums that are strong from start to finish. There's Rum, Sodomy and the Lash was the first of those two. It's packed with brilliant songs. Uh, and If I Should Fall From Grace With God is the second of those albums. And again, there isn't a dud track uh, on it. Shane was a songwriter with uh, an extraordinary empathy with people who are on the margins and he wrote brilliantly about them. Um, the Old Main Drag is a song about a, a young kid who starts turning tricks to keep the wolf from the door and it is a life story captured in five verses or whatever it is and uh, you know Shane had that ability to drive a narrative uh, to convey so much within the song form which is like three four minutes is where you are in terms of the the length of time that you have to get a story across and um shane had a fantastic love of language i mean in that song you know a, i went down to the dilly to check out the scene and if you're not from london you haven't a clue what the fuck he's talking about but of course he's talking about piccadilly and he had that sort of immediate grasp of the vernacular and the language of the street. His songs will still be sung in 50 years' time or 100 years' time in Rainy Night in Soho. You heard Nick Cave singing that earlier. You know, what an extraordinary performance of a song that has such a beautiful uh, resonance about it. Fairy Tale New York is, of course, one of the great songs. It has been described as the greatest Christmas song of them all, and I think that's a fair and accurate description. There's so much packed into the first couple of lines. I was speaking to Imelda May about this. You know, there was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. And the mention of the word babe in it tells you this is a love story. The reference to the drunk tank tells you that you're in America. And you know what time of the year it is, because it's Christmas Eve. And that's just in two lines of the song. Um, and that song captures the experience of Christmas for so many people. I mean, we talk about joy and happiness and all of those things that are supposed to be associated with Christmas, but for a lot of people, it is that time of year when people get into the fights that they never intended to get into. So I think Shane's contribution to Irish music was phenomenal. Uh, his influence was huge. As a songwriter, he's respected by the greatest songwriters in the world. Bob Dylan is a fan. Bruce Springsteen has said that Shane's songs will be sung long after the rest of us are forgotten. Nick Cave described him to Hot Press as the greatest songwriter of his generation. And uh, that's a measure of just how highly thought of Shane was and is uh, among the songwriting greats. I saw him in Nick Cave's concert and he was in the audience and I had to go up to him and shake his hand, which I did, and thank him for the music. Thank you, Niall, for your time. Well, it's summer inside out And we go through many changes Well, it's summer inside out Hell, I really know it's like 3am In a summer inside out
BP Fallon. Uh, I've come from the past and I'm aiming for the future, please God. And I'm here to uh, celebrate the life of my chum, Shane McGowan. We had many, many adventures, including, as you mentioned, uh, he DJed at my rock and roll party, Death Disco, uh, which is a, a, a moving rock and roll party that I started with Alan McGee. And we did it in Dublin, we did it in Belfast. We did it all around the world, actually. We did Japan and all of that. Uh, but here, uh, several times, Shane DJ'd. Uh, and one time, he also had Shane and me and the greatest living Irishman, Ronnie Drew, three of us DJing. Uh, and Shane used to work in Ted Carroll's rock-on shop in Camden Town. So consequently, he had a huge... Uh, palette of music in terms of what he likes all of it good very very rarid you know from Led Zeppelin to Margaret Barry you know um, and people would just go bonkers uh, and he was a nice man and um, God bless him mm. thank you thank you thank you thank you you're welcome did you name that disco after the pill song yes okay yourself. Good. Well, the last time I stood in front of a crowd half this size, I was playing with the Dubliners at a festival in Vienna last year. And also on the bill for a group with which we had a great day. So I hope you have a great 15 minutes or whatever it is with the pose. Good body of an American. They were 
and a twinkle voice They hissed the voice Hot world with a pen Then we turned and shook As we had a look In a room where the dead man lay Something Jim's where made his last trip To the land where his father's lived And fifteen minutes later we had our first place to listen There's no good giving lectures, action or a history The man who started telling jokes, the women they got pissed But five o'clock in the evening, every bastard there was pissed He fell down, he fell down, he fell down, he fell down Stepping left aside, so you do your eyes as blown and empty Come out and then it's down and you're over inside Hogan's my name, I'm from Limerick, and the reason I'm here is I was a roadie for Shane. <laughs> when? 
during Shannon Shannon's period, uh, Sharon Shannon's period when they played Christmas specials, we did uh, Sharon Shannon Big Band for seven, eight years. What, what year was that then? Basically, it was a thing done by uh, Bulmers, sponsored by Bulmers, the tour was. Okay. We did Ireland and England, and then it turned into a Christmas special. So right. every Christmas we go out and we do just the circuit around Christmas time, like, right, you know, right. the INEC, Killarney, all them venues. So it's post Pogues then? Uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Pope's type era. Even, uh, even after that, Shane okay. was just a guest on it. Mundy was a guest on it. Shane was a guest on it. Yeah. Uh, Damien Dempsey would have been a guest on it. And they were just guest artists like they came up and sang. So tell me, Decky, um, what was it like to be a roadie on the road with Shane? Uh, it had, had its challenges, let's say. But he was a good laugh, like, with everything, like, you know. But uh, yeah, it was good fun. Great to be around. What type of challenges? Getting him on stage, <laughs> you know. This is just before Shane went into the wheelchair, like you know. So okay. it was quite difficult to move around the place, like you yeah. know. Uh, but other, other than that, good fun. Uh-huh. And would he have come in on the song at the right time? Oh, absolutely. Once, once he put that microphone in front of him, he knew exactly what he was doing, like uh-huh. you know. No matter what stage yeah. he was in or whatever, like you know, you know, he knew what he was at. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, well, thank you very much for your time, Jack. And same as that. Cheers. Nice to meet you. Cheers, cheers. Right, thank you. I've been loving you a long time Down years down on the days Smile you funny little ways We watched our friends grow up together And we saw them as they fell Some of them fell into heaven Some of them fell into hell I took sugar from a shower And I stepped into your arms On a rainy night so hard The wind was whistling us Told me all your joys. Whatever happened to that old song? To all those little girls and boys. Now the song is nearly over. We made her a feather.
times I'll wake up in the morning The ginger lady by my bed Current a cloak of silence I hear talking in my head I'm not talking of the future I'm not dreaming of the past I'm not speaking of the first time I'll never think about the last So now the science nearly over We might have found out what it means Still you're the lot I hold before me And you're the measure of my dreams You're the measure of my Deborah O'Driscoll, I'm a Catholic Nina Parish and I'm volunteering as one of the stewards here today. So were you given an option to volunteer or did you just put your hand in and say, I want to do this? I volunteered on Monday morning to help out. What did you have to do? What did I have to do? For the first time in my life I had to keep people out of the church. <laughs> Normally I'm trying to get them in. Today I was trying to keep them out. <laughs> what challenges did you face in doing that? We got a bit of abuse from some people, but we, we did the job as best we can. We explained to them that it was crowd control and crowd management and wasn't the parish running it. It was being run by the family. How many people were in the church and how many people does the church hold? The church can sit 800, so we had well over 1,200 in the church. Bit of a bit of a fire regulation problem there, is it? All doors were open. <laughs> oh, that's fine then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Emer, and this is my daughter Maeve. And we're here from Nina, and we just came into the church after Shane's funeral to see the beautiful flowers and our beautiful church, which is St. Mary's. I'm a Eucharistic minister here, and Maeve is an altar server here in the church. Hello, Maeve. Hi. How old are you? I'm 12. Did you ever meet Shane McGowan? Um, no. And did you ever meet him? Yes, he sings regularly at local weddings and, and that. And he'd always be here, you know, he'd spend a lot of time here at Christmas time. So I'm sure he only lives out the road. He would sing at local weddings. Would he be pay, paid or...? Not to my knowledge, or they're local. So he's just for the crack? I, I don't know, I just, you'd see him 
yes. Can you share with me a pleasant memory of a conversation you've had with him? I actually haven't met him personally. I've only met him at, um, at, at weddings, but I know he's very kind to the local people. What's your favourite Pogue song? Um, I suppose Fairy Tale of New York, because I've lived abroad and I've seen there's different sides to Christmas. And I think that's what the Fairy Tale of New York song is. There's a few sides to Christmas. Mm. Maeve, have you got a favourite Pogue song? I like them all. Excellent. Good for you. Thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. Happy Sight Passions tonight. The great stars were still I'm from Dublin and we're providing the live stream, the camera live stream today. What challenges did you face? No, it was lovely. The light was great, the music sounded brilliant and no, it, was just, it was a really good event. Yeah. How long did you have to set up? We arrived at 11 o'clock this morning. It took a couple of hours to set up and yeah, no, it all went really well. You sound so professional. Even with the, the general public kind of floating around, no, it all went really well, yeah. Did you link the audio into your uh, um, video feed, or how did that work? The, the audio was done by a different company, and they gave us feed for the live stream. 
So just an XLR in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. What's the name of your company? Lumio. Lumio. Well done, Lumio. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guy. Thank you. Where are you from originally? Oxford. Oxford. Oxford, yeah, yeah. Ah. So you don't like Radiohead? <laughs> yeah. They're from Cambridge, aren't they? Oh, no, they're from Oxford. Oxford are from Radiohead and Supergrass. Ah, cool. There's a whole heap of them. Who are you? Why are you here? I am here to play at Shane's funeral. At keyboard, Fergal Murray is the name. You're playing keyboard. Yeah. What type of challenges did you face? Just they, you know, not get too emotional, you know, because Shane was such a genius musician. And uh, he was being buried, so it was obviously very sad. How much time did you have to prep? Two hours yesterday. <laughs> His whole life. <laughs> Your whole life? Your whole life. Who are you? I'm the singer who was on tonight uh, playing with Monday, Camilla Sullivan. Oh, so you're singing Fairy Tale in New York? I didn't. I actually did uh, Haunted. Oh, that was you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was... That was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. So that was a... a te- I'd worked with Shane for over 25 years, just toured a few times with him and the boys and sang together. And so he was a friend in the end. So it was really oh. more than just a, you know, for everybody, yeah. it was a big thing, but it was, it was just incredible. It yeah. was really moving and kind of joyous, you know. Yeah, I think it was a great send off for him. In the zone between mass and concert, mm. it was in the middle. Aye, it. it was, yeah. it was. I felt the same way as whenever my mother passed away. You know, I, I was in China and yeah. I couldn't get home for it. And I played Danny Boy because what's it about? It's about a guy can't get home to his mother's funeral. So it was where it was that bit in the middle where yeah. where religion, because she's very religious, religion and music met. Yeah. You know, yeah. Was, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It all came from God, didn't it? Yeah. Shane, that was lovely here. That was. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah.
This has been a Solitary Media original podcast and production. 